Yeah. That's neither here nor video games, which is one of the things we say every week on this podcast about video That's games. Ju- uh, June the 15th, be with you. Coming hot and heavy off of the summer games. The fest. summer doldrums. The, so, the, well, what are they call Or as they call it, Kill E3. There was... Get it? Is that what you is Was that the Xbox show? You know, Kill E3. You like that? Kill E3. Like like Jeff Keeley. I know Keeley. Kill E3. E3. Okay. There Wait, you go. That's was the that, joke. I didn't even watch it. Was that the Xbox thing? What Xbox thing? What's the Xbox thing? What did, you didn't what, watch what did, anything? You I, didn't watch Summer Games Fest? It was it was E3. It was multiple press conference. No. Yeah. I, I don't even do that. There you I, go. I don't need to be doing that on this video game podcast. Know about they, video games. They had the Xbox showcase. They had a Capcom showcase, PC gaming show, Epic Games Store show. Then they had the whole Summer Games Fest, a Devolver Digital showcase. They had it all. Yeah. There was some cool thing. I mean, a, a lot of crazy Street Fighter shit leaked all, constantly around that time. Yeah. People are really excited about that, except um, only a few people are excited about that. The, well, the how, well, how do you, how do you large, feel? The community at large does not care about Street Fighter. I think it looks great. Uh, you know, none of it matters. Like, n- nothing about a, a fighting game matters until you put your hands on it. Sure. You know? Well, yeah, to some, yeah, to, to some extent. I, I think it's, it's it's a great looking game. I like the art style. I dig the way the characters look and move. I like that it's got more of like a hip hop aesthetic to it. Um, and outside of that, nothing matters. You know, we just gotta gotta see how it plays. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think about as I've gotten older, that I that is my take for almost all video games. It, people, this is why I I don't really get excited about um, any more about E three or or shows or conventions or anything like yeah. that. I, I like when when people tell me, "Do you see a new trailer for something?" It is not like exciting. I'm not. I don't hear you know Capcom is going to have an event later today. I'll check it out. Like I'll check out a trailer in the post of it. But I'm not excited for it in the present because that thing is so far away. Uh, like, and yeah. and I'm not. I, I don't think about it in in that terms. Like, I'm I'm not. It, it's hard for me to ex- be excited about like literally anything that isn't coming out within the next week. You know. That that's um, fair. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe you saw Resident Evil Village. I saw. Uh, it's getting the gold edition. It's getting. I, I, yeah, uh, Resident Evil Four. Right, is getting. Well, Resident Evil Eight, the one we just played, Village, oh. is getting is getting. Um, it's it's a gold edition. It's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know if it comes with graphical updates, but it's mostly um, new DLC uh, that immediately uh, precedes the story. So playing as Rose, and then some new, and it's it's who's the the Duke? The Duke is back. The the strange overweight the strange salesman. round man. Yeah, and then some updates to the mercenaries mode, which I don't know if you played that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. It's just like an arcade shootery version of uh, Resident Evil 8, where you play as different characters with different abilities, and you're going to be able to play as uh, some of the bad guys now, including Dumbatresque. Nice. You'll be able to like throw tables at the at the zombies or something. Yeah, I thought the the uh, the, the Street Fighter stuff was okay. I, I was happier after the uh, leaks started coming out because the that uh-huh. initial I I really disliked the initial trailer. Um, okay. I, yeah. I, I I greatly dislike Jamie. Um, oh, I think he's all right. What do you dislike about him? Um, I or, dis- or is that style just uh, getting I, old for you? I I first of all I I don't ever like uh, that. That's a style that I particularly don't like. Um, I don't like fighting the, styles the drunken, in, in video. Uh, yeah, like just like drunken style. master. Um, because 
it it, it especially it, it kind of ends up looking and playing like capoeira which is everyone's least favorite style to ever be put into any fighting games i just famously capoeira characters are super unfun to play against they're usually like long stylish animations that hit too many times that are obnoxious i i just the, putting jamie in it it, it it the way he looks and the way he seems to play is as is to me like if they were saying tekken 8 is coming and the only characters that we can currently guarantee are kazuya and eddie gordo it, i i think most tekken fans would be like what why are you starting with that People don't like to fight that character. They don't even like him. Like, keep him... I would be happier if he wasn't in the game. Like, looking at that character, I, I don't like his visual style. And sure. thankfully, it's not a 3D fighting game where, like, Capoeira characters, like, is a goddamn nightmare in, in Tekken. But in Street Fighter, he just looks like he has, like, really long multi-hit animations that, like, when you're losing to that character, it's just going to be the most frustrating. He just looks sure, like a character that you're going to be, and he's he's like very loud, like he's similar to like a characters that have that kind of energy that they're like bopping around and like woohoo and like yelling and stuff. I think are so annoying to lose against. Like they are. Wow, just, you have you, a lot of emotions about this about yeah, this one I, character. I do. I mean, Street Fighter is one of my favorite. Uh, Street Fighter is the game that got me into uh, into fighting games. Um, I played like a, 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 a slight amount of Street Fighter Two. Um, I played a lot of fighting games, but I the, until Street Fighter Four, I played them with that 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 way that I think most people play fighting games, which is you know I hit buttons with friends and like sometimes cool things came out and no one knows what they're doing and everyone's mashing and no one has a combo. And then Street Fighter 4 was the game that I actually kind of like buckled down and learned combos and learned a lot more about the about the game. And it's still kind of the series that I feel the most comfortable in. Like the flow of Street Fighter, the flow of a slower footsie-based game with a lot of like strike throw oki is what I like the most. And whenever we go back to like Street Fighter 5, that's when I feel like I, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like super comfortable with that characters with those characters in that system. So it, it, Galloway has said before that uh, our, our friend Ryan Galloway, thank you, Ryan Galloway, bumper for the YouTube music music intro and outro. You can get it off the new album Pop Songs 2020. You can find them on YouTube where you can find links to their merch. Says that it's that we all have a fighting game in our friend group where that we like kind of excel at that ever, that we're the best at. And it's like for you, it's you know stuff like Blaze Blue. Um, maybe some like the the Arxis like uh, games in general. Um, Galloway is the best at Tekken, and he's he would say that I'm the best at Street Fighter. And, and John is the best at uh, Last Blade Two. At Last Blade Two, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so uh, like it, it's it's a, a series that is so close to my heart. Um, it is the series that taught me fighting games. It's the series that like the, that style is what I, I whenever I complain about a lot of other fighting games or there's things that I don't like I almost just always compare it to to Street Fighter Street Fighter I, I, I like a game like that where the combos are kind of short they end in a knockdown you as the player get to make a choice again the mix-ups are usually on the slower end that like if you keep your cool and try to react to things and play like the mental game you can stay in there versus a game like Guilty Gear or something where um, once you're you know in in block stun, you, you might be having to look at, like, 10, you know, 50-50 invincible, or, like, in 10, 10, like, 50-50 completely invisible, impossible to react to 
to oh, like mix-ups that are like you know they're frustrating like they're not like people don't it doesn't feel good to be on the other side of it sometimes so i really like that street fighter play style so so seeing this trailer was a little frustrating i i, I there's a I, I hope that they're not doing this and it's just like a single player mode because people always seem to complain about not having a better single player mode in fighting games, um, which I, I get. I guess I get. I, I, I don't want it, but but I guess some people want it. Um, but uh, there is like an ugly looking um, free roaming um, uh, mode, like a open world kind of mode where you're going around this city with, I guess, a player created character. And uh, I hope it's not an Arxis lobby because... That's again, these are like the trailer for me just showed me things that I should be like, oh no, don't do that. Don't show that to me already because that's not good. I'm like, I'm not excited about this. The, to, to look at a thing and then be worried about another Arxis lobby, another thing where maybe you're walking around in an open world and I have to tell you, like, okay, meet me in this, in a, you know, floor 10 of this or like server 10 and then you meet me there and then I'm like, okay, I'm by the, the pizza stand. And then you got to run over to the pizza stand and find me. And then it's like, okay, we're going to get into a duel. Like, like, and then you have to physically find it. I don't like that. Like, no one likes that. People are complaining about it. I don't know why that is becoming more of a thing. Arxis is really spreading a cancer in the fighting game industry. So that's really frustrating to see that. It's frustrating to see, like, characters I don't like already, like Jamie. But um, they did have a Guile trailer, and I, I took a big... Uh, a big rela- relaxing breath out when I watched the Guile trailer because it, it looked great and uh, I like yeah, the way he looks. Yeah, the, the and it looks like uh, yeah. So a lot of things have leaked. It looks like a lot of the well, the full original cast of Street Fighter Two is going to be uh, in this game. Is that true? Uh, from the get go. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Have you not heard? I this? forget if T Hawk is in that. Like I and, and I T Hawk in Street Fighter Two. T-Hawk is in am Street I, Fighter 2. Am I crazy? Street Fighter 2? I don't know if he was in a later version of it or if he wasn't in the original, but T-Hawk comes from Street Fighter 2. That sounds crazy, if true. I don't it believe is, that. It is a fact. T-Hawk is from Street Fighter 2. I, I think he came in... I don't know if he came in, like... The, the old way that fighting well, that's, games... That's you, not true. Where is... When is T-Hawk from? He's not from... It's, we got Ryu, E. Honda, Blanca, Guile, Ken, Chun-Li, Zangief, and Dalsen. It, it, and the, then the computer can play as Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and M. Bison. I don't know what to tell you. T-Hawk is from, I forget, like, he was in one of the Street Fighter 2. Not uh, my Street Fighter 2. Maybe, like, a Super Street Fighter 2? That, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know when Street he... Street Fighter 2 Su- Turbo, Super Street maybe? Fighter 2. 1993, Super Street Fighter 2 is when T-Hawk came out. So T-Hawk is from Street Fighter 2. He's from one of the... He's not the the um, original cast. Like, the way that fighting yeah. games used to come out was... Like, they didn't have DLC, obviously. And it would just get a motherboard upgrade... Uh, or they would just come come out with a completely new cabinet. Um, so T Hawk, yeah, T Hawk was in an update. Was in the Super Street Fighter Two update. So I guess what you mean is the the initial cast. I, I didn't see I didn't see Dalsim or Balrog yet. I don't know if um, uh, uh, it looked like the entire cast leaked and Dalsim and Balrog were not in it from what I had seen. But well, Balrog was not originally playable, and neither was Dalsim. That's weird. Dalsim, didn't you didn't you just say that Dalsim was originally playable in the? Dalsim was one of the CPU characters, wasn't he? Either it doesn't matter. Uh, we're getting too in the weeds, but uh, yeah. So Street Fighter Five, Six, Six. Six. Street Fighter Six. Wow, we're already at Street Fighter Six. Can you believe it? I can. Can it's, you believe feels that like we've it should come be, this far? It feels like it should be more, but um, but it looks good. It it, it looks okay. Uh, like I I don't like Jamie. Um, some stuff looks early. There's some interesting stuff that is like. 
I, I think that I kind of hope they change. Like, one of the weird things that, that is, like, mad in the weeds, but it's also you can take this kind of elsewhere and extrapolate it throughout the, the rest of the game, is that the uh, animations are kind of lazy to me. Um, in, in, a, in, a, in an odd way, they oh. almost remind me of Mortal Kombat more than Street Fighter. And a good example of it is that Ryu has a, uh, like a donkey kick. And in all past you know versions of it, it's a very fluid, especially 3, actually in Street Fighter 3 it looked the best. But it's this fluid thing where he kind of takes a step forward and then does this donkey kick. And in this one, he kind of puts his leg out and slides forward like Johnny Cage. And like it's this like unrealistic looking kind of bizarre mm. thing. And I think it makes sense, this complaint, because I, I, I think Street Fighter always is like they are stealing like it's magical. Right. But they're stealing kind of real world movement and they don't have a lot of like wild stuff like that. I feel like it's less impactful uh. than like the actual straight up Ryu taking a big step and then the animation of him doing yeah, the leg so kick. So what you're saying is in Street Fighter 4, Ryu donkey kick like that, but in well, Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 4 don't, 6, don't donkey kick. Ryu don't Ryu, donkey kick in Street Fighter 4. Ryu donkey kick in Street Fighter 3 and he donkey kick like that is what I'm saying. But in Street Fighter 6, he donkey kick like, like this, this and we don't like this. We don't like this. This is this is the the hot stuff. This is the kind of stuff, the nuance that people come to us for. Oh, I don't know why they come to us. So, use Donkey so if Kick not is for that, weird in Street Fighter Six, that is a this is a thing to say. What do you mean? That's a thing to say. They're making the game look more like Mortal Kombat to me. That's what. I, what do you want? They also, it looks like so. You go to the Guile trailer, and I am a Guile lover, uh, a longtime Guile lover, and. Uh, he's got all these like target combos, and and that, I'm not saying it's bad, but it does look a lot like Mortal Kombat to me. I like it, Mortal Kombat. It looks a lot play. like there's there's good things. You know you know what? If they want to make it Mortal Kombat-y, other than this than some of the animations that I'm talking about that are lazy, they should like, add fatalities. They should not do that. But what they should really not do is put Freddy or Jason or any other goddamn like dumb like uh, they should Scream put Man. In- Dude, they should Spree- put in Nemesis. They should put in Demogorgon. How about like some Resident Evil stuff? No crossovers about, uh, in my Street Fighter. What, who's the, who's Keep the crossover that in my Street the, Fighter. Uh, the guy who does the magnets in Street Fighter Eight in uh, uh, Resident Evil Village Eight, Resident Evil Eight. They should put the Magnet Man in. He- Heimer- Mag- Heimerdinger. Heisenberg. Yeah, they should put a. They should put a Magneto in this game. Oh my God! Shut up. Yes. Put Magneto, put Magneto in any fighting game. I love Magneto in fighting games. So that's that's a that's a Street Fighter Six. It looks pretty good, um, except for in Did some cases. Did you look cases, at any other games that good. came out? Um, what were what were some of the other? I feel like I saw some things. I saw Silk Song, and that game still looks boring to me. Interesting that you bring up uh, that one because uh, we don't care. Yeah, right? I mean, well, I mean, we don't, we, we don't, but it still looks boring to me. I saw that they're doing uh, a ground up rework of. Uh, Resident Evil 4, of course. They are. I don't know why people are so excited for it. People haven't played enough of Resident Evil 4, James. People have not played enough of Resident Evil 4 recently. Are you sure? Because I don't think it's going to hold up. Well, this doesn't matter because they're remaking it. So that doesn't... That doesn't matter, you know. That's true. You would have is said there gonna be a, I would have said that, be like a first that person mode? Resident Evil Two doesn't hold up, but then they did what they did to it, you know. Uh, so some other exciting news. So uh, Persona Three and Four and Five are coming to 
PS5 to Xbox to Steam. PS4 is our, uh, Persona 4 is already there, but it will be cool to have Persona 5 Royal available on Steam, playable on Steam Deck. That's pretty cool. That's neat. Uh, so for all those people who never finished Persona 5, here's your chance. Maybe. Fourth, third time's a charm, right? Third or fourth time's a charm. Yeah, Starfield uh, got some gameplay, uh, some completely unsurprising gameplay. Didn't I like feel it. like uh, I think it's going to be great. They it, there's some really interesting factoids about it. Uh, it is the largest game they've ever developed. Unsurprisingly, that so they they have this uh, number rolling around, uh, which I feel like made everybody roll their eyes. Of there will be a thousand planets. Uh, so a yes. lot of that is going to be done through procedural generation. Sure. But they, they did go so far as to say, yes, a lot of it is procedurally generated and a lot of it is going to be planets you can go to just to collect resources. However, uh, this game also has uh, more lines of dialogue written for it uh, than any previous Bethesda game. Uh, it is larger in handcrafted areas than any former Bethesda game. And a thousand planets, we imagine that the modding community will find something to do with those. So it's kind of interesting where, you know, but Bethesda always sort of has had this um, sort of way of approaching things of like, we're going to put out 75% of a game and we're going to let the modding community finish it off. And, and in some cases, just do a better job than, than, than they did in general. I, I was wondering, actually, you know, thinking about discussing this, have you ever played any modded games? No. Not really. I mean, not not to the extent that you might be saying. Like I, I, and and partially some of that is that if if you're people who are really into like, you know, I, this is this is a, a bizarre blanket statement. I, I think the times where I've modded things, it's usually like for example, I modded um I, I like I modded guilty gear. Uh, right. not guilty gear actually. Um, I modded uh street uh, or Final Fantasy fourteen for like a better. There's like a better lighting mod and one that like oh, cleans yeah. up and, some and textures. And probably you you did a World of Warcraft, right? Uh, all yeah, of I think the so uh, too. add-ons yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah, like, like I had tons of add-ons in World of Warcraft and like damage charts back before that was a thing. I think it eventually became a thing. But um, uh, so I so I my history with mods would be more like minor mods and not some of the bigger things, um, especially for the open world games that have come out kind of busted and then they got fixed afterwards because I I ended up I, I didn't like it you know the first time I played it you know like I I played Skyrim on a 360 console um not on not on pc and uh and i don't really like bethesda games a lot actually i have a really i have a we we talk often about how like something shitty will happen to me and uh in my experience of a game you know it'll be i'll say you'll have a a, a normal experience with the game and i'll say well for me it crashed and i lost all my save data like in in uh, elden ring and for me, the time that that has most happened is with, like, every Bethesda game. Every Bethesda game has done something to, like, impede my progress or destroy it. I, Skyrim, I actually ended up finishing completely, but every other what Bethesda... Did, what did you uh, play Skyrim on? I just I just said, at 360. A 360. Okay, got it. So, yeah. I, I, was lucky enough, I was lucky enough to not have any problems with it. But, no, I, I don't I don't really love Bethesda. I, I, I feel like I... I've been let down by them so many times. Um, and then the, and then like, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like there, there's, there's value to, you know, like people love Bethesda worlds and modders love Bethesda worlds. So if you are a fan of that kind of stuff and they release their games broken, which they basically always do. And then people come in and clean it up. 
um, or add, you know, new things to it or make it better, then then that's fine. But I find that to be like a not quirky. Like I like I I think that's a negative. You know, uh, like a, the the game isn't just a little bit better. It's like they're and then also as a studio, I it'll be really interesting to see how Starfield ends up shaping out because I feel like as a studio, their last couple of releases are like they are not with, with Mar when Morrowind is buggy or something. It's like what they're doing is so profound at the time that you can forgive them the bugs because like wow what what a thing that they did that's crazy i can't believe that they made such a large open world with so many different sure. things and then as time has gone on it's been like guys it's not quirky like other people are doing this good and you're fucking it up you're just it's are not are they doing it good I feel like other people are doing are, are doing it a little bit better than them. Like, I feel like it, there's nothing... Bethesda games are known for, like... Like, open-world jank, I feel like, comes profoundly from Bethesda. I mean, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 notwithstanding. A, a lot of, you know, the jankiest games you look at and you're like, yep, that's a Bethesda game. It came out completely broken. And I Well, I feel like in general, though, uh, open-world games do kind of get a pass on this, but we definitely... Yeah, I think it was the same thing with Cyberpunk is, you know, it's like we're past that, like open world is, it used to be open world was the past because it used to be so much more of a burden and it, you would say, you know, that's what you get for not getting, you know, you you didn't get a, a linear experience. So of course there's bugs, but we've, it's been decades. It's like at this point you can make an open world and not make it like, a, a shit show it like it doesn't it's not a excuse anymore to make a, a big world and then say like yep it's super buggy it's hilarious so physics did you play uh fallout 4 i did i finished did you fallout 4 did you experience Yikes, bugs yes or anything debilitate like a debilitating bug yes um i feel i forget if you you'll remember this story instantly but uh one of the wor- the, the game that i liked the most out of bethesda was fallout new vegas um i think a lot sure. of people like new vegas and it wasn't even that was obsidian right but, yes, and, but, and we can imagine that we'll get a new one of those soon since uh, Bethesda and Obsidian are now both owned by Microsoft. So so in that game, I, I had w- w- one of my funniest bugs ever where I was I was loving the game, really enjoying it, should have been saving on different uh, multiple different like, like uh, accounts or whatever, like, you know, making some some different save files. Um, and this was also on 360 and there's a part where you get like captured by the Brotherhood of Steel and they take all your weapons away and then um, they the uh, you talk to the the people and uh, after a little while they they trust you and they're like okay you can take all your stuff back it's in this treasure chest and there was just nothing and I was like super deep in the game and they just there was just like empty chest that they pointed me to so it's a really nice. weird glitch um, in Fallout 4, I, I don't remember... I remember it being very glitchy. I forget if there was, like, anything super major. Fallout 3, I definitely finished, and I remember it just being, like, you know, just the regular stuff of, like, just weird physics shit. Like, you shoot a rad roach, and then it flies into the sky, and it's, like, what? like at I mean, thousand. that's fun. Like, and, and you played... Did you play any of them on PC? I don't think so. I feel like I didn't. Um, I think I played all those on... on uh, I would be so interested to hear what your thoughts would be on playing one of these games on PC. Even like I've been thinking about getting Skyrim VR and checking out some of the mods that make it, um, you know, more like a blade and sorcery kind of combat where you're because uh, right now Skyrim is on available on VR, but it's very like generic where it's like, oh, if you push in on the trigger, your character will do a sword swing. And it's like you're actually charging 
60, like you're charging full price for Skyrim VR. It's not like I own Skyrim and then I purchase a VR add-on. It's like, this is an entirely different game and you have changed so little. And then modders come in and they, you know, they, they, they essentially do all of the work of making it a fully fledged VR game. And it is so funny to think about, they had to have known, right? They have to have known that like, we can just put this out as it is and modders will make it better. So let's just do that. And let's just charge $60 for Skyrim VR. And, yeah, again, and like same, I, same exact thing in Fallout 4. You could play, there's Fallout 4 VR now. And it's the same thing where base, by default, it's like very like generic. And then modders come in and they're like, all right, so now Fallout 4 VR is completely immersive. It has all these new systems where you're like, you have pockets where you're reaching into here to activate things. You're activate you're uh, working with your pit boy in this way, and you know, just finishing the work. And, and you know what they end up doing uh, is they end up hiring a lot. And then which they, and is then, cool, and then is it the case that like they hire these really creative, talented people who are fixing their games, and then when the people go over to the Bethesda side, you know, they're just like, oh, I don't have to finish this because the modders are going to do it. And, it just, and it's an endless cycle. What was the what was the other what was Fallout? It was Fallout seventy seven or something like that. Fallout seventy six. People the, people are playing that. They've the, been updated. The one that just had like her, like monstrously disastrous launch and wasn't anything that they said it was going to be, and they lied about it completely. And it's I'm not saying that they didn't have a. Are you thinking of No Man's Sky? No, I'm not thinking. I was I was going to say like it, like they had a no a slight No Man's Sky turnaround where. Fallout 76 was such a disaster, like so bad. So many like, like it, it is one of those games where it's worth reading like a history on all the things that they made a mistake with and all the things that were problematic with. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but when before that game came out, Todd Howard made a statement where he said, temper your expectations. This game is going to uh, be out for a while and we're going to keep developing it. And, and he said it before the game came out. So I, I feel like, in a sense... Well, I feel like also that's They weren't completely, so disingenuous. I, I feel like they game. were actually disingenuous because when it was originally announced, they, he lied a lot about it. There was, a they, like, the that whole initial, like, press announcement of it was insane. And there's so many, like, completely false, like, falsities said about that game that it ended up never being like that. Even after the fixes, like, there was... Do, it was do you remember any of that? Because I, I can't think of any of those. Um, like, what kind of things did he uh, say it was? I would, ha- I would have to look at it. I mean, I've, I've seen, like, retrospectives of this. Um, I don't want to say that he, like, what he said. Ex- I don't want to quote him on stuff exactly. Gotcha. But I remember that there was a lot of stuff that said in that initial announcement that led a lot of people to be very excited. And it was not that game. Um, I, I, I think in general, just saying, I think he, he did say that, you know, something along the lines of like this is the fallout that you expect and love but there's other people there so you're like there's going to be the npcs and storylines and then there ended up not being true um there was a lot of weird shit uh and a lot of lies around that game and i'm not saying that it didn't get fixed uh over time but but it was a a slightly disastrous i've I've always been curious like i've actually played a little bit of it and i've been curious to play more and and i think the thing that is most attractive about fallout 76 is it does have a great world. It takes place in West Virginia. Uh, it, it's pretty biome-rich uh, based on what I played. And a lot of the time when I did play Fallout games, I, I pretty much just like went into dungeons, like cleared out dungeons, tried to get weapons, build weapons, 
like work on like uh you know like modding and things like that modding like uh weapons and things like that so so i feel like actually when i started playing fallout 76 i kind of got what i wanted but i also played it uh after they added a story i that's that's when i played it is after they added like the npcs and they added like a a more fleshed out like main story quest where you're making like character choices and things like that. So I so I feel like I got in just as the game was starting to turn its uh, turn its uh, fulfill some favorite, of its yeah. promises. And it has a uh, DLC coming up that takes place in Pittsburgh. So the pit got to check it out. They 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 actually had a DLC for Fallout Three called the Pit, which took place in Pittsburgh. Kind of neat. Nice. So Starfield, uh, we'll see. It, again, it's one of those games that doesn't really matter uh, because it's not coming out anytime soon. Uh, kind of like Diablo 4, which also saw some gameplay and they announced the final class, uh, which will be coming to the core game, which is Necromancer. They had their, um, what, do, what do they do? These quarterly updates. Have you read any of these? Have you seen any of these? No. So they're all really fascinating, but the latest one went into the... Um, went in depth on what the necromancer is and how uh, there would be like all these different gameplay styles of the necromancer, how they had this um, unique gameplay characteristic to them called the book of the dead, which is essentially like a separate set of skill trees for the um, for your minions. That's so cool. yeah, some neat stuff, but also uh, Blizzard not looking so hot and Diablo in general not looking so hot right now. Yeah, I really wanted to like controversy going on around. It's really fascinating. Uh, It's really fascinating. I I think it's like like I don't want to get too into it, but it it is so interesting to me how much how many times like current modern day Blizzard drops the ball. I would have said that if if I were, you know, Wyatt Chang or something, someone um, the you know, high up on the Diablo Immortal team, I would have like really wanted to put this under the microscope. I really would have wanted to produce something that was fairly free from criticism um, and that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't generate any massive scandals or anything. You know, you you want it to be... If, if Diablo Immortal came out and was just fantastic, then it would kind of retroactively fix one of the biggest, like, you know... it's kind of fascinating that some of Blizzard's downfall kind of began with Diablo Immortal. Like before that, that was one of the, that was like the the first BlizzCon where the fans were upset about something. And usually Blizzard before that is a company that just everything they're doing is they're knocking out of the park. The fans love it. You know, they're going to a a convention for a singular company and it's just like they were kind of they kind of felt untouchable, and, and then they, and then you have Diablo Immortal, where people were really excited about the announcement of Diablo Four, and uh, of course, like you know, memes of Diablo Immortal have lasted the whole like five or six years or whatever it's been, where um, you know people like someone's like, is this a you know off season April Fool's Day joke? And someone said, is there any chance that you're going to bring this to PC? And they and they they said the whole like you know, do you have phones thing? And that was just a really weird way to. And they did bring it to PC. They did bring it to PC. it PC, and it's and it's worse. It's much worse because they they didn't change anything about it. It plays worse, and it even has like you know old stuff like touch here, on uh, in the men in like the the menus, you know stuff like that where it's just a lazy port. They didn't uh, yeah. do anything, but but I, it's I there. I understand. I understand what you mean about trying to make something that is um 
inoffensive. Yeah, like. But but the other thing that I think about is that Blizzard is just not making the money they do, and I feel like they need they needed something profitable. And there's a streamer I watch. uh, I'm sure you've watched plenty of Diablo Immortal content, but I watch uh, Quinn sixty nine. He's a Poe player, and he's played Diablo. But but you know he is like an expert at these types of games. Uh, So far, he has spent uh, $21,000 and he has not gotten a single five-star gem. Yeah, I heard Not a single one. Yeah. So... So we, we so we're we're dancing around it a little bit, yeah. I, I so Diablo Immortal, I think, was the beginning of the first kind of big thing that Blizzard did that was really you know negative that had a big backlash. And I would have said that if this game came out and was just good, and it that was it, um, it I think it would have kind of like mend you know retroactively mended some things. You, people would have looked back on it and would have been like, oh oh, this guy is you know mocking blizzard or everyone why is everyone so angry about the announcement of diablo immortal like everyone loves this game now it's it's great everyone's liking it so if there was nothing you know negative to say about it i think it could have made this cosmetic like it's crazy when you think about like what how all rpgs are operating and, and how most of like how most western companies are approaching mobile games yeah and for them to come out here and make it like you gain power by spending money. Did you see that old advertisement that they used to have for uh, StarCraft II? No. They had an advertisement for StarCraft II back in the day uh, where they were essentially like, ah, dad, I need, some kid was like, ah, dad, I keep losing. I need, can I see your wallet? I need to get better. I need to buy gear. And his dad was like, huh, son, you can't buy what gear in this game. You have to get better if you want to improve. That's so funny. Yeah, it is funny that coming out of out of Blizzard. Yeah, so so to get into it, there's three things make your character stronger. This is an ARPG, so the main goal of everything is basically just to keep making this character stronger. The three things that make you stronger are your level, your gear, and your gems. And Blizzard has been careful to like word it in such a way that made people kind of excited, saying you weren't ever going to be able to buy um, gear um, or anything that makes your character stronger, which is completely not true. Um, the what it, it is such a weird, confusing system, but there's like the legendary crest system. So it's this thing where every I think like you can earn about free to play. You can earn about two of them or so a week. And then every uh, uh, you go into these. The main thing you do in Diablo is go into rifts. Um, when you don't, when you go into a rift and you don't put any of these like legendary crests that modify the rift, um, it modifies the loot that drops. So you can okay. watch videos of people f- uh, farming these rifts, and at the end of the rifts, you know nothing drops. Uh, maybe two blue pieces of gear, nothing that special. Um, and then uh, if you put in, you can put in. It, sh- it shows that you can put in three, which is weird because once you put in three legendary rifts to like increase the drop rate, it gives another option. Do you want to put in another seven? So it, it it's kind of this weird thing that is emulating the the standard gotcha ten pull. So there's always like a like in gotchas, it, it kind of it's like this nice rounded number of like you can pull one on a, a banner for characters or you can pull 10 on a banner. And usually there's some sort of yeah. reward for going for saving up for the full 10, like maybe one higher chance or like a four star or something guaranteed. So anyway, the game allows you to get 
uh, put in a full 10 of these legendary crests. And if you do that, then yeah. you will get that that loot explosion. You will get you so, kill so the, you goose you goose the rift. You goose you juice the goose rift. Goose them up a little bit. You goose, you goose the rift up, up a little bit. And then you get a big old big old loot fountain explosion and that's where you get all your gear from. That's where you get these gems from and everything like that. And uh I think if there's no like legendary crest you can they, like there's so many fantastic videos on it, but there's no legendary crest you can't even get the drops for some of the higher rarity gems. Um, and it's led to other problems. There's there's tons of other like weird issues around this. Um, I, that I I don't know if you yeah. So how much does a crest cost? Can I do you know? Uh, I know that for ten of them, the way that it works out is you should you have to pay around twenty two dollars. Um, Whoa. So so for is that right? That is right. Um, so, Whoa. so 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 for. So I think it ended up working out to like $23 with tax and everything where you can, that's how you can pay for a full 10 group, which is what you'd want to do for efficiency. Um, and then that's, you know, modifying one singular five minute long rift. Um, so if you really want to like advance a character, if a, a free to play character, imagining like every two months or so you get your, your 10 pull on the rift, you get to use 10 legendary crests or you could spend $20 and get that right now, that, that two months of progress right, right now. And you could be spending, I, like the, the way that it, the math worked out was you could be spending like $200 an hour to make it so that all of your rifts are, have the 10 legendary crests. There's even like some weird shit in the game where there's another type of legendary crest that is like bought with, that is when you buy it specifically from them. So if you get the free-to-play legendary crests, they give you chance to drop legendary gems. But the legendary gems are character-bound. They're like account-bound where you can't trade them between characters and uh, you can't sell them in the oh, auction wow. house. But if you buy the legendary gems, even though there's, even though they look the same, the legendary gems are called like advanced legendary gems or something, where they modify it so that the gems that drop from those type of legendary crests are non-account bound and you can sell them on the auction house for like high amounts of currency which is like another thing you'd want to do to progress your character so it's a very like like i think it's easy to look at a game like this and say you're like you don't have to do these kind of things but there is pvp and it and and i think at the end of the day the saddest thing about it is that and what made me completely stop playing this game that actually kind of plays pretty well for like a phone ARPG and has like that impact you expect from Diablo is that if the goal of the game is to make your character stronger and knowing the fact that every two months I can have one five minute rift that drops a lot of legendaries versus every time I spend $20, I get that two, that, that two month long experience. It, it's like... It's so damning that, like, the, the thing that's stopping you... Like, I, I'm trying to think of the equivalent. If, if Path of Exile, you know, the maps worked where you, like, you have to pay money for a map. It, or you it, have to pay money to Alk the map. To, like, something like that where where it's, like, this is kind of the goal of the game. And and if, if, if that means that I'm never going to get that dopamine loop fountain until... I spend twenty dollars on it, then there's not there's no difference. Like the yeah. game, the the, the pow, my power in that game, or like my goal to make the character stronger, is directly tied to my wallet. Every time I spend money, I'm yeah. gonna have a huge boost. So, so the other thing is that this game is just like a watered down Diablo three anyway, right? Yeah. Like this game doesn't have like you could just go play Diablo three. Yeah, not on your phone, but 
Not on your phone. That is true. I mean, Diablo 3, they've been updating that game every season. That game every three months, I'm pretty sure, is getting like new sets, adjustments, different, you know, like tuning. It's just such a weird thing. It is so weird to me that it, it this could have been such an easy thing to do the way that you regularly do this. Make, you know, cosmetics, give people their um, candy cane mount, their ugly things that they want to buy. Um, and give them like cosmetic skins, just the way that P- Path of Exile or any other J- uh, any other ARPG does. And it's just so weird that they that like this these games are about getting stronger, and that they put a direct way for like the main way that you get stronger is paying money. And it, it just, to me, that's it's so grimy. It's like why would you? Why would it not be upsetting? And hearing the amount of money pulled, it's like it's worse than hearing about like gotchas. You know, modern day gotchas, which are already intensely you know based around these these horrible kind of uh reward pavlovian response of of like you you want another 10 pull right so you're gonna have to put in more money and and what oh you're you're only 10 you know you're only 20 away from pulling this character guaranteed what if you swipe your card right now and you could get it right now like these games are already really disgusting and for diablo to do that to people and make it so that like twenty thousand dollars later they're still not getting the things i i we haven't even said that like the number statistically on average to fully gear out a character it would cost around a hundred thousand dollars and and who even knows maybe and maybe that doesn't matter right because maybe you don't need a hundred thousand dollar character to clear all of the content well there's i don't i don't I, I don't. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how long it would take you to um like fully gear out a character in Diablo three. If you consider getting like um I, I forget what they're called. Like there's the ascendant legendary items for in every slot. That's like perfect world for you. It, it would take you almost forever to, to get to get that. So, yeah. And, and you don't need to. Ultimately. You don't. Yeah, you don't need to. Um, But it it is just weird when you tie it to money, you know, when you tie the, the goal of the game being progression, and when you tie that directly to money, it, it is just like, it's, yeah. it's it's so immediately negative. So, yeah, what a bummer. Um, it, it's, it's too bad. I really would have thought that, like, this could have been a huge win for them. And it just makes me more... I, I, I am... You know that out of, out of everyone, I am this one of the stupidest fiscal people that you probably are aware of. I'm, I'm super dumb yes. when it comes to, like... A, a, a nice Valorant set coming out, even though I have a million Valorant sets, like, I'll just buy it. I don't care. And I play gotcha games like an idiot would. And it, it is so unfortunate for me to see this and just, and, like, I, number one, I like I haven't been playing Blizzard games, so think about how many thousands of dollars Blizzard has not gotten from someone like me and how and people like me who are just, like, kind of disgusted with their current practices. I wish that they would have, like, this, I think, would have been a really good time to turn... Uh, like to turn that around. To, yeah, to really... but this is but this is not the game for it, right? This is this is a mobile game. It could have been. This... It really could have been. And Maybe. like I said, it would have been how how great would that have been? What a win for Blizzard for them to have launched Diablo Immortal for it to be amazing, and that for all those kind of jokes surrounding the history of this development of this game to kind of you know for people to look back on and say like, well, why were people joking? The game turned out great. It was like it's awesome now, and. You know, it, it, it for it to be in its stated in, it's even grosser. It's even, like, more upsetting. So, yeah, it's hard for me to be even excited about. Like, I know that they, they even had, like, more announcements about Overwatch, and Overwatch is getting another character. And I think about it, because I, I loved Overwatch to begin with, and, like, I, I, I 
I feel like there's place in my heart and our friend group for a game like Overwatch, a like more stupid Smash Brothers-y kind of style of shooter versus like Valorant, which can be so demanding that if you're having an off day or something or we're not playing right, like no one, people aren't really having fun. Like you're getting killed instantly and like you're not really playing the game. But someone like something like Overwatch, like that could be fun. People jumping around on different characters, just crazy shit, doing whatever you want. Like when that game's fun, it's fun. It's in a big, it's a big party game. But I look at like current day Blizzard and it's, I, I just have, I don't even have Battle.net installed. I, I'm like just grossed out by them as a company and, and they keep doing these kind of things. It's so upsetting. Like we, you and I both grew up loving Blizzard. Like I feel like we played every Blizzard game constantly. Yeah. That was like the riot back then with, was like you play whatever Blizzard game comes out, you know, like they and like they, you know that they do a good job and they, they only release games when they're ready and they're not well, good thing we have Good thing we have riot now, right? Good thing we have riot now. Except, no, nope, I don't have anything bad to say. It is over 100 degrees here. Oh, God. It is. Uh, well, it's 98 now, but earlier, the the real feel. This is going to be such a bad summer. What, it's going to be so bad. What's the deal with real feel? Explain explain to me how it's it's like, oh, it's 98 degrees out, but it feels like 105. Then, then just say it's 105, because I don't know what it means to be 98 degrees when it feels like 100. Well, James, it all has to do with stuff like humidity and and that's how that works. I mean, I, I as someone who goes to Texas every once in a while, ugh, Texas, uh, when when it gets to like 100 degrees in Texas, it's not as bad as 80, it's a dry heat. 80 in New York because it's a dry heat. That's what people say. And that is a big difference. So I, you wouldn't want them lying and saying, oh, it's 100 degrees right now when thermometers show that it's not. And, but the real feel is, you know, we got to go off of thermometers are really where the lying begins. Thermometers are dumb. I uh, recently cooked chicken that my thermometer measured to 165 and I took it off and it was uncooked. What's the deal with that? That is a dumb. What's what's it's the hard to get a good. It's hard to get a good meat meat thermometer. I feel like a lot of yeah. meat thermometers can can do you wrong. And that's specifically something where you cannot be done wrong. Well, I'll tell you this. I've got the Weber iGrill 3. It is a Bluetooth uh, meat thermometer that you plug. It, it integrates with your grill. It tells you how much gas you have. You plug it into your grill and then directly into the meat. And you leave it in. And then uh, it's on your phone. It tells you when to pull it, when to pull the food off. You know, it, it has all the temps in there. Chicken is at 165. As you know, as a chicken enthusiast, uh, here's a dumb thing I did is I... I, I've worked in a couple of restaurants and uh, working at Starbucks, I got used to just pouring like hot coffee all over my hands, like all the time, just burning my hands over and over. Never really thought about it. So growing, like as I've grown older, I've not really thought much about like touching hot things. Like I'm pretty good at just like, you know, grabbing stuff that's hot and holding it. But my dumbass decided to pull the thermometer out of the chicken when it was done. So the grill is heated to 400 degrees. So I effectively uh, grabbed a 400 degree piece of metal, and uh, that was that was a good burn. Do you have a I good? Was, did you? Was there like a couple seconds where you're like, oh shit, it's hot, or was it immediate? It was immediate. Yeah. And now I um, there's just like um, 
on my finger, sort of like a strip through it where I don't have a fingerprint. You can commit the most crimes. No, I think I can commit the least crimes, right? Commit the now, most crimes. Ooh. Because, because it, it is now such an identifiable. So thermometers, they're bad. This is what we, we'll take that stance. Don't trust them. Don't trust them on meat and don't trust them in the air. The, the real feel is what counts. The real feel is what counts. Get a, so get, I, if, you, if you're grilling, you need a weatherman to sit there and say the inside of this chicken is a current, a, apparently 165 according to the thermometer. But the real percent chance there. The real feel is that there's a 30 percent chance you are biting into some gross, wet, pink chicken. It's chewy. It's, it's chewy. medium rare. It's a medium rare chicken. The thing you don't want. So why is it going to be bad out there? It why is it going to be bad, bad summer? summer? It's going to be a bad yeah. summer because it's starting off so bad. It's starting off so hot. For for Not me, summer yet. I'm know? fully back into I'm I'm back into working. My my back has not healed, but uh, it's behind me now. Your back is always behind thank, you. Thank you. Go on. And uh, uh, so it's been it's been <laughs> this is so it's so hard for me to talk. It's only seventy degrees it's, there. Right it's now. only seventy two degrees. About? It's it, it it the real feel is a hundred. It's so humid. And also, I do, you, uh, long-time viewers will know that, that for them, I don't turn on any sort of fan or air conditioning because it picks it up on my, on my, my Yeti Blue. And time to get a new microphone. I know. Right? It is time to get a new microphone. We keep bringing this up. It's time to get a new microphone. But the uh, call volume at work is profoundly high. So usually um, the amount of calls we get in a day for the entire uh, FDNY is around uh 4800 in the summer. Uh you usually get like like high 4000s. Um I had never really seen it go beyond 5000 and then when we when covid hit, uh a bad covid day was like 7000. So that's like a really ridiculous like everything is being taxed. 7000s ridiculous number. And also we even had uh to deal with that we also had FEMA units at some point to take off some of the load, not all the times, but uh, so, so those are like some general, like easy to understand numbers. But recently, uh, usually when it gets hot is when the call volume starts going up a little bit because people guns are out, out guns and, out, suns right? out, guns out in a, like a very literal sense. So this, so when it gets hot, we start getting more calls. Um, and recently we've been getting f- I, the highest I saw was 5,700 for like a non COVID spring, still not yet summer day. Oh my God. It is so bad. It is like we are getting to the the amount of calls we get with COVID without COVID. It's the system is breaking down. So ridiculous. And it's just so hot. It's been so hot. I feel like I'm I am someone who doesn't tan. And this is the first year where I'm tanning because I burned like eight times. I'm burning constantly while I drive to work, uh, which is a long enough time for me to be outside to get burned. So okay. rough beginning of the summer. I, uh, sure. uh, I, let's talk a little bit about the guilty gear changes or lack thereof so Should guilty be? okay so guilty gear season two it happened and did it overall i would say and i think most fans um and most well maybe not the fans actually but most content creators and most people who are who are professional players would say this is actually a really good patch the main thing that the, the goal of the patch i mean now that we're now that the patch is out and now that we've seen everything the goal was clearly to just slightly tighten up those t- the 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 uh, tiers a little bit so so definitely i think more than ever unless something kind of changes it seems that more than ever the 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 gap between the best characters and the worst characters 
are it has slimmed down and that the game has gotten a little bit more interesting, a little bit more technical in, in really small ways. But that is the key, is that it's small. I think I think most people, and us included, were really excited about some big sexy changes. And I, 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 sexy is the only word I have for it because it's stuff like characters getting new moves or uh, updating the rank system that is terrible, that we complain about all the time. Um, something like that would have been really cool because if, if, you know, a lot of the cast was getting a new move or a new normal or something, then maybe that first couple of, uh, you know, days or weeks, there would be this sudden thing of like, well, people don't know how to use this new Faust move. And then suddenly someone cracks it and says, you can do a setup with this new crazy Faust move and, and do this kind of thing. So that didn't happen. Um, the, the, the patch notes are huge and there's a lot of changes, but they are a lot of minute changes more yeah. more than anything else so they're they are not the kind of thing that in in you know i think in like 99.9 percent of the, the cases you're just playing the character the same way that you played the character before it's not going to change it's not going to make it so that like you suddenly have a new setup or something about your whole game plan suddenly changed or this move that was useless is now good it's more like you know this normal got two frames quicker this this normal got a little bit safer this uh, uh nago's bay blade is a little bit unsafe so a lot of play styles like like even though there is there is changes to play styles a lot of characters that even got better or worse they kind of play they're kind of playing the same like you you like for for me for for zato the changes were i think pretty big and pretty good they they made one of his buttons a little bit better they the his his eddie that turns into a frog does less damage because he used to just do like a, a lot a lot of damage um so they changed these things about him but the things i just said like that though that doesn't mean that i'm playing differently right like i'm still using yeah. the move works a little bit better but i still used it in the same spots and the his combo does a little bit less damage but i'm still doing that combo so that's kind of the overall takeaway is that the a lot of the even though the I would say that the patch is very good it's it's not an exciting patch and it's not changing the way that you would look at the game you know it's it's just being it's just like an overall patch that's like the health of the game is a little bit better the characters that were some characters got some pretty big buffs but you know it's not making them look different it would it would almost be hard to uh, to to look at gameplay from season two versus season one and definitively say like oh look at this is um this gameplay must be from season two because Faust is doing this thing you know what I mean like every it would just look like the same game it's just that certain interactions or certain buttons are a little bit better so so it's not really like changing anything too drastically I, that is kind of like a little disappointing because this would have been the time to kind of do it and. Um, also with Guilty Gear, with a lot of the major title updates or big season changes, uh, in fighting games, you usually get like also maybe something as big as a new mechanic. Um, and they, they kind of did that in the, in the, in this like weird, um, dash cancel system where, uh, everyone's like one of this, this one button close slash can be dash canceled, dash canceled. And for some members that actually is slightly meaningful, but for the most part, um like that's you know so minor it's not that it's not as crazy as like oh we added a 
uh, like uh, you know them adding like a type of defensive mechanic or something or them adding yeah. something as big you know there's nothing or or them adding a crazy way to not break the wall when you don't want to something like that where where it would be like whoa this is big well, the this PR, is different the, the rc changes are maybe the biggest but again i don't want to get too much into the minutiae yeah so it's it's pretty small but i have been playing a fair amount of it and i'm getting a lot of like bad connections i don't know why the case that why that is and i'm also noticing that like the cur- cross play out yet Crossplay should be out, right? I, I actually don't know because I know that they announced that like crossplay was out for season two, and I don't know if I can't. Maybe you're getting some weird crossplay. I, I maybe I am. I don't know. I'm noticing like weird stuff, and it's not even weird stuff with just the um the the connection. Um, it's it's also stuff with uh the quality of gameplay. I'm fighting a lot of people that are like heaven and very high level, like like you know, uh, I'm like a 101 thousand or whatever one of one million ranked zato um and the people i'm fighting now are like 150s to like 400 and a thousand and stuff like that like they're way out of my league and there is definitely like there's things happening in that game when people are good that i don't understand it feels like just like you would in a lot of other fighting games um when you're fighting someone who is like profoundly better than you i don't know if it's just like their option selecting everything but it feels like everything you do is wrong and you don't understand why like you're you know you're making bets the way that you normally would like oh i'm gonna you know well, this is not true of zato but like something like oh i'm gonna uh wake up dp here um uh just to make it so that you know if they're gonna because they meted me the last couple times or they threw me the last couple times and then that's the time that they decide not to do it and it's like was there something going on like are they are they option selecting are they just like so in my head that they're able like i don't know like i just get i'm getting like wrecked by some of these people but um but i have been playing that game a lot uh that's been like the i've been i've been going back to some of the regulars the the valorant the the guilty gear what have you been playing i've been playing terraria what is I've what been is playing you've been playing ht loader but i don't know what what I've is been the playing uh so recently uh there so there's this uh application tmod loader which they actually brought to steam and i what they've done in doing this is they've created um essentially one of like the most sophisticated and intuitive uh, modding platforms uh, sort of to everyone. Like it used to be this thing where if you wanted to mod Terraria, you would have to go to another website and you'd have to, you know, install a specific program to install mods. You'd have to go to another website to search the mods. You'd have to sort dependencies. But now all of that's available through Steam, through the Steam Workshop, through Tmod Loader. So all you have to do is download Tmod Loader and then just subscribe to the mods you want through Steam. And then uh, the Tmod Loader does the rest of it. Uh, And the thing that's kind of got me into this is that um, modded Terraria has always been a step behind uh, base Terraria. So if base Terraria is at 1.4, then modded Terraria is at 1.3. And the modded version just caught up. Um, so it's in a really exciting place. The mods for Terraria are so interesting. Uh, Terraria itself is also such a massive game that if, if you go to like um, some of the subreddits just for mods alone. Let me look for one so that I can get this number correct. One of the mods for Terraria, the subreddit has 52,000 uh, readers. And 52,000, that's a pretty good number uh, for a video game. So the fact that, you know, it has 52,000 
for a mod. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. And some of the modders have been hired. The people who work on T-Mod Loader, uh, I do believe that some of them now work uh, for Chucklefish. I think that's who made Terraria, right? It was the there is, Terraria, I think, is the game that started the entire studio uh, that then eventually went on. Let me double check that so I'm not completely wrong here. Either way. So, yeah, Terraria is a game that came out like so uh, Relogic. Um, Terraria is a game that came out so long ago at this point where I, I, I it came out in 2011. So Terraria is now 11 years old and it's always cost Terraria has always costed $10 and sometimes Terraria goes on sale for $2 and the game has no DLC. So the bang for the buck that I've gotten out of this game, I think is higher than any other game or any other piece of media for that matter, because even free to play games, I'm constantly buying shit in them, you know, like a, a hat in Path of Exile, a gun in Valorant, all of that costs more than just Terraria. Uh, sure. but, but essentially what the mods do is they, I mean, they do a bunch of things. Uh, they add new RPG systems to the game. One of the mods starts out and um, it's called like a Fargo's Souls. And what it does is that each of the bosses, uh, Terraria is mostly, for those who don't know, uh, Terraria is a game that on its surface looks like 2D Minecraft, but is actually sort of like a gear grinding Metroidvania game where you're finding loot that allows you access to uh, new places. So you're finding like a... Um, you know, you're finding like something that helps you breathe underwater and then you could go to the edge of the ocean where you'll be able to find, uh, let's say, you know, in ingredients for a pickaxe that's going to get you through a layer that's going to bring you into the underworld. Uh, not exactly like that, but kind of similar to that. And ultimately what you're doing is you're fighting more and more challenging bosses. As you fight bosses, uh, the world state of the game is changing where, okay, you've beaten this boss and now a meteor falls into the world. You go to the meteor and it's burning you, so you need something to deal with the fire. But once you can mine the meteor, uh, then you can make guns and now you have access to magic and this, uh, these new gameplay systems. Eventually you uh, destroy this giant wall of flesh in hell, which uh, essentially starts uh, what they call hard mode in the game, but it's essentially like where the tutorial ends and the game begins. And then there's uh, all of these new uh, corrupted areas in your world. One of them is like a force of darkness where there's all these evil creatures. One of them is a force of light where you'll find like pixies and crystals and unicorns uh, equally as as uh, deadly and, and mean. But, but the modded version, essentially it, it is just uh, making more robust systems, uh, changing the difficulty level, more quality of life features, uh, and yeah, it's just been, you know, I, I just thought like, what do I want to play right now? And and my brain is like, you kind of want to just play through Terraria again. With that. So that's what I've been doing. Nice. And I've just been uh, grinding it out with some different people, building some. Uh, uh, Kevin Cruz is, is very good at like pixel art. So he's been uh, building the houses for the for the NPCs. He's been like building up our towns to house people. Neat. And he's like, I don't want to fight. So we just give him armor. We just sort of like kit him out with like defenses and then just like let him build. And we just, uh, yeah, just been killing monsters in that game. Anything Otherwise, else? I started I started this game uh, called The Crystal Project. 
I have not heard of this. So the Crystal Project, it is a uh, sort of for people who love uh, those Final Fantasy tactics. Oh man, I feel systems. like I could have guessed. I was just thinking that it's like some sort of Final Fantasy. Yeah, so it's interesting. It is an open world, non-linear JRPG uh, where you are just going through the world, trying to figure out where you can safely be. And then you're just uh, unlocking jobs, fighting enemies, getting loot. And uh, yeah, that's it. That That's the whole game. It's got like Metroidvania style progression. You're just going through this open world. You're going down trees of of you're going down skill trees at the end of the skill trees there's different classes level up two classes get access to a different class you know how it is uh theme deck verified so pretty neat i'm I'm thinking about monster hunter rise too i'm getting that itch again for it especially with the steam deck and especially with uh sunbreak coming out so soon in only uh two weeks kind of exciting monster hunter rise is one of the games that is on the uh summer games done quick lineup did you know this? I didn't. That sounds awesome. It is. Um, I gotta check. The- I, I have I have a list of uh, I don't know if we want to go into that right now, but I have a list of things that I'm interested in. Some things uh, about summer games done quick. Well, the other thing that I want to say is that the Steam Next Fest is going on. I don't know if this is something that you get involved in. I think it's really exciting. It's it's essentially like imagine that you got to walk the E3 show floor and play all of the games there. Except imagine that uh, you don't have to go anywhere and it's just it's on in your, your living PC. room. It's on your PC. Yeah. It's in your living so, room. So hundreds of demos uh, available right now for Steam. Some ones that I think that you personally would be interested in. One of them is a Cult of the Lamb, uh, which is a roguelite where you are uh, creating a cult. And it's got a really good look to it, but mostly the music in it is so good. And another thing that you might be interested in is I don't know if you have any interest in playing new VR games, but there is a VR game that people are pretty excited about uh, that has a demo. I didn't get to play it yet, but it's called Ruins Magus, and it is a JRPG uh, with like a magic system where you're essentially like it's a it's a you know real time action JRPG uh, set in VR. Interesting. I'll look at That'd some of cool. these. Yeah, give it a look. Uh, so tell me about SGDQ, Summer Games Done Quick, the biggest uh, speedrunning event of the season. Did you know that it is in person? This is the first one in person since COVID. Um, it's starting uh, June 26th, so this will be available before this comes out, unless there's some crazy lapse. Um, uh, we're not, it, it'll be out, uh, you'll be hearing this before this comes out. And it's going, it's running from June 26th to July 3rd. Um, it's going to be the first in-person one. It's it's a uh, whenever it's summer games on quick they do Doctors Without Borders, right? And then um, uh, yeah, did awesome you know, games. Did like... you know that PAX Unplugged happened last year, and that it's happening again this year? I did not know that it happened last year. It's weird to think about a full-on I, convention last year. You know, my new friends they went to PAX Unplugged. Wild. That's crazy, right? I want to go. I'm definitely going to PAX Unplugged this. Uh, so a couple things that I was interested in in the lineup. I, I mean, like in summer I, games done quick. In, in summer games done quick. Uh, there is probably more than this, but at a quick glance, these are some of the things that you know caught my eye. Uh, the game. It's starting off with uh, Shadow of the Colossus. I always I like Shadow of the Colossus. And on the first sure. day, there's when also. Does, sorry, uh, one more time. You might have already said this. When does this start? It's this, uh, uh, J- Sunday... June. Sunday, June 26th, and it runs till oh. July 3rd. So even if I get this podcast up late, 
it'll still people be... will be here in time for this. Great. Yes. So um, Kirby Forgotten Land, I'm really That's interested the new in. One. That's the new one. That's going to be on the first day. Phasmophobia. Cool. Wow. Any any percent small maps. Who's, who's the runner? I don't know. I didn't write that down. Um, oh. Mar- Mario. There's an extremely long. I think it's a three hour long Mario Odyssey darker side. I, I love that. I love Mario Odyssey. And also, Mario games, to me... What is Dark Side? What is that? Uh, the harder version of the game, Darker Side of the oh, Moon. Oh, okay. Um, to, to, or to get to the Darker Side of the Moon, like, you have to complete everything or something. Um, Tunic, any percent. Um, that's a that's a shorter run, but I just thought it was interesting. Maybe Did you worth... finish that? No, I still am at the... I, I was thinking about that, and as I was looking at the lineup, I, I saw that, and I was thinking, like, man, I should go back and finish Tunic. But it, 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 whenever games take away everything you have, I'm annoyed buy it um super mario sunshine here is what i'm probably most excited about is super mario sunshine 120 uh stars or shines so anything like that usually is what i'm more interested in i i don't go for any percents as much because they're usually just like what is you're not you're not interested I, i noticed you didn't call out and i'm sorry to interrupt you but i noticed you did not call out yakuza like a dragon i well I, if I maybe didn't see it, but also, yes, I would not be interested. It's in percent. It's four hours. How? It's any percent with four hours? Yeah. Wowza. It's um, a long game. Uh, I, I like. I do like stuff like that. Um, what about Mario Party? I don't like Mario Party. What, are they, Mario what is there Party, to run with Mario mini, Party? Mini Game Island, any percent. The most, June 29th. It is true, though, that the most exciting thing about Mario Party is finishing Mario Party. So them being able to do that quickly is obviously very good. Um... Yeah, Super Mario Sunshine uh, 120 Shines is probably what I'm most excited about. Uh, Devil May Cry 1, uh, Dante Wait, must so die. you're skipping Banjo, Banjo-Tooie. You're not interested in Banjo-Tooie. I was, I was just writing down some of, the, some of the things. Some of the things well, that I was going just, in order. at a quick glance. Well, you're going in order, and you skip right between Super Mario Sunshine and Devil May Cry. Right between them in the schedule is Banjo-Tooie, and you just grace over it. That's fine. Go on. Um... And we have Monster Hunter Rise Magnamalo percent. Whatever that means. I guess just run. I guess uh, a a run to get to beat Magnamalo, right? Maybe it's I guess like so, right? it's maybe it, it's an hour. I think it was an hour fifty or something. So I, I'm assuming it's like they're starting off a file and they're doing everything they can to beat Magnamalo, which is like I. It's not the end of the. It's not the, the when they roll credits or anything. I think it's an hour. It's an hour. But uh, yeah. That'll be interesting, um, and then Metroid Dread, which is which is a better speedrunning game than it is a game. So that what about uh, Doom Eternal? They're playing that. I didn't like Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal one hundred, yeah, but for a speedrun, I mean that's probably pretty cool. We'll see. You don't think so? We'll see. What about Donkey Kong Country? What about Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time Randomizer? Ah, I don't like randomizers. Give me give me a straight up Ocarina of Time. Give me give me a just a straight up. What about Portal 100% 2? Glitchless. Not a fan of Portal 2? Not really. Final Fantasy 10, any percent? Four hours? <laughs> That's not interesting to you? What about I don't Elden like, I don't, Ring? I don't like RPG speedruns that much, actually. Elden Ring? Elden Ring speedruns are so lame. You... All Remembrances? Okay, that one sounds a little bit better. Two hours usually, long? Usually the Elden Ring speedruns are so bad because it's just them like 
clipping through the world and then just shit happening. It's it's not. It's like they're not really playing Man, it. Usually. I like SGDQ so much more than you. No, it's it, it's that you're a, a, as undiscerning as a child would be. You're. I'm I, doing the best I'm, at this. No, you're. No, you're. I am the one who is going into a buffet and I am saying, oh, only the New York Strip for me. I will. I will wait around and my stomach will be filled by the best. And then you, like a child, are eating all the carbs. And I just take any eating, of the orange food. You're, you're, I'll eat, if, the, if the food's orange, that's you're what I'm eating, eating of the the cake. You 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 fir, your first round back from the buffet. You've eaten cake. You've eaten uh, two loaves of bread and butter. And I am there. I am eating crab legs, of which I do not like. And I am eating New York steak. And I you am like discerning. Crab legs? No, crabs are are space bugs. Wait, so do you dislike lobster also? Hell yeah. They, so any, have you never had a lobster roll? I have. I, I have never had a lobster roll. I've had lobsters. I've had lobster before. Mm. Um, and it I doesn't didn't, count I didn't, unless I didn't it's like a lobster it that much. roll. I didn't like it that much. And I would what sp- about lobster mac and cheese? Oh, yes, I've had it before. I did not enjoy it. Mm. You probably got it from Arby's. One of the big things... No, I don't think Arby's even has that. One of the big things about me is that two is the best amount of feet for me to eat. And then four score and seven years ago i will eat something that has four legs so you'll have pizza so you'll have people Pe- i'll have pizza. Eating pizza you eat people i didn't say everything that has two legs but i assumed i, heard what you said. I assumed that people would taste better than beef and also when it starts to when the number of legs gets past four i start being less interested in it and the more legs that it gets the more wary of it i am and lobsters have too many legs that is a fact. So you've never had a cricket? Not even one? I will not have one. All right. I will... It's good for you, though. It's when, very sustainable. I ag- I agree with all of that. I If we ever get to the point where we're deciding to f- completely phase out uh, farms and like terrestrial mammals uh, that we're eating, um, I am going to be a vegan. I will right. I will live off of chickpeas and I no will not... No cricket eat, cheese? I've seen I've seen Snowpiercer. I don't want the cricket bars. All right. Um, so a lot to be excited about with Summer Games Done Quick and it's in person. That's very exciting. Um, I mean, you're only excited for a couple things. I'm excited. I'm excited for, for the things that that are that anyone should be excited for. Not the filth, the any percents, the the um, wild sort of things that make no no sense. There's there's a there's a hierarchy to these speed runs. There's there's uh, up on the very top is Mario 64 120 stars and on the very bottom it's like some sort of Minecraft bullshit speedrun any percent randomizer that no one wants to see, except for mm. the chat the chaff the chaff wants to see it people who know nothing of speedruns wow yes gatekeeping is alive and well for me for this specific thing <laughs> anything else should be enjoyed by anyone gate but it's speedruns where i draw the line all right. You're not allowed to enjoy it. Fair enough. I'll be there. I'll be there on June in 20th. Person? I'll be there on June 26th in the Discord, talking over the stream, saying, no, this is boring. This isn't even a good game. Any percent? What? No one likes this. He's just glitching through the walls. Play like a real man. Play like a real man. If, you're, if, you, if you weren't so afraid, you'd actually play this game. Um, I've been playing Counterside, which is the, the, the last thing I would say that... Uh, just quickly just say that it's pretty good. I was talking about it last week. It's, uh, uh, this is a good year for people who are into the garbage I'm into. Um, it's a mobile gotcha. 
I would say that the, the the best thing to say about it is like it's a very different style. Like uh, you have a team of eight, and you even have like a ship that you customize and create. And they look there's different ships, and they have different abilities. And you have a commander that so there's there's so much wild shit going into this game. Um, and kind of it's like a battlefield, like a side-scrolling battlefield where your your ship lands on the left side, an enemy ship lands, or an enemy thing lands on the right side, and you're trying to like introduce characters that are going to fight their way across the screen. Um, and it's a lot happening. It's very hectic. So like once the battle starts kind of going, it gets to a point where sometimes it's just like a mess of anime characters fighting but it's the game has really cool designs there's a lot of really cool characters and you're not even just pulling on just like regular human anime designs it's like you know mechs and gundams and uh tanks and shit it's wild um and then the other the the thing i would say that is the most like kind of cool about it um that that uh that isn't just like insane to explain to, to non-gacha fans is that it's definitely the uh least pay to win of any gacha um people this originally came out in um like uh east asia i think and then uh uh it, it it has never been like the case in that where apparently we're like just buying the characters made you win um usually there's a big thing with like a lot of games will sometimes have things where you have to pull multiple of the same character to like make them stronger and make it even more expensive. In this game, there's Boring. like a there's like a universal currency that um, you can spend to make your character stronger, and there's a lot of like strategy that goes into the PvP to the to the point where like a lot of free to play player players have made it to the top of the the charts. So so all those things sound good. Um, the thing that I would say that is the most exciting for me and maybe would be the kind of thing that some people who are are you know sometimes interested in these games but get turned off by the constant daily investment um is that this game has like uh has completely free to skip functionality um there's no uh, sometimes very rarely do gacha games even like let you skip um to just like you know when because you'll, you'll end up repeating the same couple of stages for like resources or something and a lot of gacha games either don't let you do that or they do let you do it with a caveat where you have to, you know, get a resource to be able to skip it. This game um, has complete, like, skip functionality right out the gate. Um, once you've played a mission, you can um, skip it any amount of times you want, and it's instant, it's not uh, tied to any resource, and it just lets you skip it and get all the resources, get all whatever the drops from the stages are. So this is, like, hyper-low time investment. It's the quickest that I've ever played for, like, getting dailies done or um, playing the game. Like, you can just... I can just do a day of what I want in this game if I don't want to if I don't want to put in more time or read story or do something that day if I just want to like do the daily kind of things I can get it done in like a minute or two. So it's very very quick, very cool characters, very cool designs, very free to play. Um you get so much of the uh pulling currency and like uh it it has been uh, really fun. It's been a good positive first uh it's 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 been out for a couple weeks and it's it's uh really gotten people excited it's been it's been good it's turned out pretty good um actually one of the, the most interesting things about it is that um it's i think it's i believe they're called studio b-side but in a very rare twist the company that developed the game is publishing the game which is really probably why the game is looking so good right now you know you can have a thing where the game the studio that's developing it wants has all these you know interesting game mechanics in in, in their mind um, and then you have maybe a publisher that's like, well, 
that's great that you want to release this character, but you have to, uh, you know, release this character and, and make them, their, their kit be balanced. But it, uh, since you, you know, didn't, the, they people didn't buy the last character, like, make this character broken. And stuff like that happens a lot where the game has all this weird um, consumer hostile uh, monetization. And this game, because it's being published by the developer, there's a real love for this game. Uh, I think, like, it, it, it makes sense the way that it's monetized and it's not, like, tons of pop-ups are really grimy or, like, you know, you have to buy, spend money to be able to get these characters. It's, like, it's throwing so much free stuff at you. And it feels really uh, fun to play. So, it, so it's a good game. That's a good game. Nice. Yeah. Are those all the games? Those can be all the games. Is that literally every? I think we talked about every, every game thing. that's ever been out. There's a there's there's like ten or twenty of them. Uh yeah. They're coming out fast these days. Stranger Things was awesome. It's a good season. If you have, if for we we last week we had last uh, podcast we did Stranger Things watch, and I would say. Depending on the second part of the season, I would say this is maybe the second or first best season of Stranger Things. Doing some lot of lot of cool stuff. I feel like the writing has taken a great, has really been pretty good, and uh, it's full of set pieces. It's been a great, uh, a super good season. I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I liked uh, Stranger Things. Severance. You watched some Severance. I watched all uh, of Severance. Don't Hell yeah. Talk at all about Severance, but man, what a show. You Severance. You explain Severance, and you know that there's nothing in this goddamn world that would make me uh, sign, sign up, up for, for Apple TV for, for a new service. And yet the concept of Severance was so interesting that I did it that night. Um, Severance is incredible. It's one of the best shows I've ever watched. It's hard to like say that so directly because only one season is out, but it is phenomenal. It's like unbelievable how good it is. Uh, the... The premise of the show is that uh, uh, people who work for this company, um, whatever the company is apparently doing, is so secret and top secret that they um, ha- plant like a kind of like n- thing in your head that allows you to sever your consciousness. And when you go into the company, uh, your consciousness flips to a different one where it's like your work consciousness. Um, and, uh, when you leave, it switches back to your old one. So your work person, your work persona has no idea what goes on the outside and starts as like a blank slate to the point where they don't know their, they don't know their name. They don't know what they do on the outside. They don't know if they have a kid. They don't know if they got drunk last night. They don't know if what their mom's name was. They have no information, no history, which is so fascinating and terrifying and the outside person kind of just goes to work and falls asleep like they don't remember what they're doing consciously during the day uh they just kind of wake up at the end of work and there's so much fascinating stuff and there's so much philosophical arguments you know if like you kind of pose some interesting things that like i feel like this season even the first season is so well written that they get into a lot of this fascinating stuff of like if the if yeah, the, we don't have to talk too much about. I, I that, mean, just right? some of the philosophical arguments are fascinating, and we're like, what what made me want to download it is some of the concepts. Like, if the work person quits and never goes to work, are they dead? Like, are they because that consciousness is snuffed out? And um, you know, like some of the like the idea of there being a work reality. If you can think of 
like this trade-off, the con, the you outside of the work would love, kind of love it because you kind of just go to work and fall asleep and then you're done with work and then you get paid. But for the you on the inside, like you're kind of a sl- like that person's kind of a slave. Like they don't enjoy the fruits of their labor. They're they're at work every single day. They they do work. They fall asleep in the elevator outside of work and then they immediately wake up at work again. So they're kind of just like a complete slave. It's a fascinating um, thing and it's so good. It's so worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you watched any Spy Family? I haven't. Gotta watch Spy Family. You gotta I, just if you know it'll convince you to watch it is watch the outro. Watch the outro. Watch the outro of it. That'll convince you to watch the show. Is it one of the anime that comes along every decade or so that is actually good? I yeah, I, I think that it is. I think that this is an anime that non-anime people would watch. Anime just you know how I am. Anime has a style. Ugh, just ugh, no. ugh. This this anime, you know. This anime I recently watched an anime on suggestion of an anime enjoyer, and I could not watch it. Anime is have a you disaster. Ever, has this ever happened to you? Oh, yes. Have you ever watched yes. an anime and thought, this is cringy, and I can't tell them I couldn't watch it because it was so cringy, but it no, was too cringy. No, I do tell people. Um, I, I, I very legitimately... I, I've said before on this podcast, long-time viewers will know, that uh, you can put it on my my tombstone. Anime is a failed art form. Um, it is like 90... It, it nothing. No other medium has such schlock being peddled. It, it's like if... It, it's like if, if, if it really was just all Gears of War or all um, Modern Warfare, if that's all video games were and that's all they were today, that that's what anime is. Anime, whenever any remotely new or interesting concept comes out in anime, it becomes a genre. Like, it's it's amazing to even think about, like, ReZero comes out. It's a fascinating concept of someone being kind of like waking up in an alternate reality. And then that becomes Isekai. And now, you know, every season of anime gets new Isekai. And it's it, it has its own genre because to even do anything remotely interesting or new or nuanced in anime means that now everyone will copy you because there is just so little thought going into that and there's so much just schlock being peddled every you know season of anime comes with it's like here's an anime where there's a cute girl and a guy and they both seem to like each other but they're never gonna kiss um here's another one where you know here's another uh thing where the girls are uh tanks oh boy have you heard the premise of spy family no. Yeah. So the premise of it is that there is this um, spy that Family. needs to. Yeah. Well, no, there is a spy and the spy. He is like the greatest spy and he needs to essentially get information out of this target. But this target is extremely elusive. And the only place that he'll ever like come out is to go to his like son's school for like conferences. So the spy has to get a family. So he adopts this daughter who unknowingly to him is a telepath. And then uh, he meets this woman to play the role of his wife, who unbeknownst to him is an assassin. So it's this interesting thing of this, the daughter being the only one who knows what's going on uh, because she's a telepath. Uh, And it is it is really funny and adorable. Check it out. And original. Hopefully it ends after one season instead of going on for, that ever for 20 years. No. Oh, well, I look forward to the spinoff. Um, Every Spy Has a Family next next season where uh, there's like eight anime that are about spy family and have telepath kids and they they just, you know, drive it into the ground. 
I wouldn't. I don't want to put. I don't want to have to pay for Crunchyroll again. Did I ever tell you that I had like multiple Crunchyroll? It's on Hulu. Uh, oh, I don't have. I don't have Hulu either. I. I That's the good one. I, it is the good one. Oh, Hulu is so good right now. It makes sense that uh, that Netflix is losing market share because I can like what is Netflix? I was just thinking about this recently. What does Netflix have that is especially when you look at stuff that is repeatable content on Netflix? Stuff like there, there's Seinfeld and Thirty Rock, and I love those. Um, and Kim, lava, they have know? Kimmy Schmidt. They have yeah, they have the floor is lava. Um, they have some good repeatable shows, but they've also kind of like killed off some of their best repeatable shows. They got the I, Russian Doll that I, just came Russian out. Russian Doll they came out in the second season, but that's not repeatable. Saul. That's not so. That's not repeatable. They the they, they have they that's have repeatable. Mean. So what I mean is like a nice fun sitcom that you can watch multiple times and laugh to. Like you're not going. Most people are going to watch. Stranger Things once and then maybe again in a couple of years. But something like Bob's Burgers, where there's like 12 seasons of that, or Family Guy, or Futurama, or and these are all Hulu shows, by the way. Where do you watch The Simpsons? Is that uh, is the that Simpsons? Probably Hulu, right? That's probably Hulu, right? It's I'm not Fox. sure. Yeah, that, I think that, that, that might sound right. But a, a lot of those shows are something where you could just like put it on the background, which is these nice, fun, like sitcoms that are like endlessly repeatable. I've seen Futurama episodes hundreds of times like i love futurama i've seen um uh bob's burgers tons of times now i i king of the hill like these these some of these shows are something that like if you're like cleaning up your house you might or falling asleep or someone's over and you got nothing to do you might throw on american dad or something and all of these things that i'm naming are like hulu shows whereas something like american doll or better call saul or ozark or the or stranger things these are all shows where they require their dramas. They require, um, you know, more focus and time investment. I'm not saying that you'll never watch them again, but there's something where you sit down and they're a little bit more cerebral and they, they are requiring more of your attention because if you're not paying attention, you know, they're, it's gonna, you're going to miss stuff. You're going to so, be confused. So are these repeatable shows? Do you think that these are the ones that people are sub- subscribing for, though? I think so. Because when I, I, I don't know. So maybe I'm completely wrong. But I know, especially in the case of like uh, one big, so I, I don't know how much this is true that you do, but Ryan Galloway, thank you, Ryan Graham Bumper, I'm not doing the rest of it, for uh, Ryan Galloway uh, does, and uh, also my girlfriend does, is that uh, I will like watch television to go to sleep to. Something that's like a, a white noisy kind of thing. And it's usually better when it's like, a fun kind of sitcom that's minor that uh, you you don't have to pay that much attention to that you maybe have seen a lot of times, but it never gets like old. Maybe you still kind of like laugh to some of the jokes, even like the tenth time you've seen it. So st- so there's a lot of good shows like that on Hulu that are just like you know they they not only do they have tons of seasons of these shows that are so repeatable that are just like very light, fun, sitcommy. Mo- for the most part, don't really have like a they're they're kind of like non sequitur or. Um, I forget the word for like, you know, they kind of reset the pieces every episode, you know, like there's, you don't really need to follow. There's not really a coherent episode to episode story that are just like fun to fall asleep to and put on in the back and eat while you're watching kind of, um, just like, like, like I, I'll just be the case that, uh, like sometimes friend of the show, Kevin will come over and, uh, it'll be like, we're just talking and then I'll just throw on. Um, American Dad, because he likes that, and we, and both of us like will laugh that kind of stuff, and you're not really paying attention to it. But you would never do that to like Ozark or Better Call Saul. Why they're, not? They're, because that would be. I just explained why. That's weird. You already, you already saw it. You just you know you crack up at the jokes. 
it's weird. Like, That's uh, so weird. It would be so weird for me to like fall asleep watching Ozark. Um, how do you know? Because I can't fall asleep watching Ozark. It's so goddamn blue. Have you? How much Ozark have you watched? Two seasons. That's pretty good. And you didn't want to continue. I mean, those seasons. I'm they still end watching in such it. Such a bombastic way. I I know. I'm still watching it. How about that Better Call Saul? You watch any of that? I watched a little of it. I should That's I should good. watch more. I I had no. Res- I felt like nothing had gotten that was like super hooking me yet. Um, I, watched, I watched like the first season of the Mandalorian recently. How is that? I, I, I I'm fun. hearing not good things about this Obi-Wan. It's just fun. You know, with Mand- so Mandalorian, I, I, I do want to like, and I think that despite the fact that I don't think Disney is doing the, the, the best job with some of the new star Wars movies. Uh, I, I, I want to like these shows because I think that that's where the star Wars mythos can shine the most. Um, when you get to have a slow 30 hour, a 30 minute kind of episode, or I think those might be, are those an hour long, those episodes? Uh, like 48 minutes. 40. Yeah. So like, I, I really like that the, that they're getting to explore some of the, you know, environments or creatures and do it slowly. One of my favorite shows is Samurai Jack. And that's like, I forgot what that's on. I think that's on HBO, HBO Max. Um, and that was a show that like was very, was paced kind of slowly and relaxingly. And every episode kind of had a different biome and different creatures. And it was just so endlessly uh, creative and fascinating. And uh, with uh, the first couple of episodes of The Mandalorian, uh, when they were coming out, I was like, oh, maybe I should just wait for this all to be out because... It had that feeling. It had that feeling of like Mando going to a planet, and now here's this like you know cute little bug rat, and what's that thing's deal? And oh, it's you're getting this little slow scene where where Mando's hanging out with the bug rat. Nope, it's stealing his food. Now he's angry. You know, he's he's waving his mm. arms. He's like, ah, oh, sure is. Damn old bug rat stealing my food. <laughs> uh, now I gotta you know find more food. And it's like, what's happening in this episode? This is so great. This is a wild planet. I like the bug rat. I, they can probably make a toy out of this. They probably did. They did. Is that it? Is that the deal with everything else? That's not games. The the the. What's the deal with games and everything else? The supplement. For for those of you that said I can't get enough of people talking about the reason to buy Hulu versus Netflix. We're the only ones who ever uh, who ever thought about. That. You don't do that. You don't. You don't just watch like. You don't watch some shows. I, I had months and months where I was falling asleep to just 30 Rock and then months where I was falling asleep to just Nailed It, which are two Netflix shows I, that I just I watch don't. a show before bed and then I turn off the TV. I don't know. I can't. I, I My my head needs that, that background. I need to be kind of half paying attention to a show. And if I can't fall asleep, then I'll watch a stream. That's it. That's it. WTDG podcast. That's how we end it. Com. That's where it lives. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at sign WTDG podcast. Get notified when new shows go live. You can find us on Spotify or your favorite streaming apps to, uh, you know, you could subscribe or rate or whatever it is people do these days. TikTok, you could do, do Hit the a like, TikTok. put us on TikTok, do a dance, do the, get us trending with a WTDG dance, um, some sort of wiggling. I hope we're never popular because then people will uh, come through our history. And then they'll, then what? They'll, they'll hear us saying this or all the racist shit from the first hundred up. They'll cancel us. Yeah. Don't cancel me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it'll, it, it's a, it's inevitable at some point. I don't want to be canceled. It was weird because the first hundred episodes we were talking, it was supposed to be about video games. But we ended up just talking about 
you know, why Brazilians shouldn't be allowed to play them. And then mm. for some reason, we eventually got on the topic of like, hey, do you, should we talk about more than just why we think Brazilians sh shouldn't be able to play these? And thus the game, the, it was born. But originally this podcast was um, uh, a, a, a just complete hour or two hours about hating Brazilians. Not a lot of people remember that, but some of our longest fans do remember that. I, I assume that they it. dislike Brazilians as well, because I don't know, know why they would have stick with us that long, you know? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Ryan. Thank James. And uh, it's gonna be. I want to. I want to put in some sort of like a. Uh, uh, the, the sign out should be like. Uh, it's on your phones. Don't you have phones? Right. Don't you people have don't, phones? Don't you people have? WTG. It's on your phone. Don't you have phones? Nice. Okay.